around the world they drink this beverage in its many exotic forms. Half coffee and half hot milk. I want to, I want to. I want to, I want to. I'll praise the Lord, Lord. and keep the faith. Only G.O.D. could be a king to me. If you love me, you got to represent him well. Believe the scripture. Thank you for tuning in to Macchiato's Music and the Scriptures. I'm your host, Martinez. Please subscribe to these podcasts on whichever current podcast platform that you're listening on. Make sure that you rate it, subscribe, like, all that good stuff, all right? You can send your emails to mmsmedia314 at gmail.com. You can also follow me on social media at mbills314. This is episode number 83, and this is part three of The God of Miracles. We have been going over some of the miracles uh in scripture because we serve a God of miracles and a lot of people um, aren't familiar with a lot of the miracles that the Lord performed in scripture Uh, as I stated before there are recorded over 126 miracles in the Bible but as we've learned if you've been listening to um, if you've been following me in this series we've learned that God had performed many other miracles and a lot of other things that have not been recorded because the scripture said that if they were recorded there wouldn't even be enough books to contain all the things the Lord has done but what I want this series to do for you and for I is to build up our faith is to cause us to look at this in a deeper level that some of these miracles that we read are very profound I mean we read um, about God stopping time like he calls the sun to stop (laughs) like he calls sun he calls time to stop I think out of all the miracles that I've read not just the ones that we talked about during this series, but just the ones I read in general, that has to be like up there. That's in the top five. <laughs> the top five of all time. Like stopping time is amazing to me. Now I don't think there's no one in this earth currently that can say that God stopped time for me. I think they only had was one in a million. What Leah said, one in a million. That was one in a million. That ain't, I don't know if that's going to ever happen again. But as we were learning that if we need a miracle, God will perform one for us. All right. Now we're going to read two more today. Let's go to the book of Judges, chapter six. We're going to read about Gideon. Now, I don't know if you're too familiar with Gideon, but I'm going to help inform you on um, the issue with Gideon. Gideon was directed to gather the Israelite troops to defeat the Midianite invaders. Gideon wanted to be sure it was really God's voice that he was hearing and that he understood God's direction. All right. And so now we're about to get into this thing where um, Gideon is about to fleece God. And we're going to define what a fleece is, and we're going to define it simply by reading um, what he did. Let's go ahead and start at verse 36. As I stated before, God has given Gideon instruction to gather the Israelite troops and defeat to defeat the Midianite invaders. That was God's instruction. Here go Gideon, verse 36. It says, Then Gideon said to God, If you are truly going to use me to rescue Israel as you promised, Prove it to me in this way. I will put a wool fleece 
on the threshing floor tonight. If the fleece is wet with the dew in the morning, but the ground is dry, then I will know that you are going to help me rescue Israel as you promised. Verse 38. And that is just what happened. God did exactly what Gideon did. And it says, when Gideon got up early the next morning, he squeezed the fleece and wrung out a whole bowl full of water. Then Gideon said to God, please don't be angry with me, but let me make one more request. Let me use the fleece for one more test. This time, let the fleece remain dry while the ground is wet with dew. So that night, God did as, it, as God did as Gideon asked. The fleece was dry in the morning, but the ground was covered with dew. So you may be thinking about what's the miracle here. What the miracle is, is that Gideon asked God to wet some wool for him but allow the ground to be dry he knew that if you can wet this wool without the ground being dry I'll know a shoe God did that then the second time around he said okay now wet the ground but let the wool be dry God did that so what you th- I'm sure you by this time we ain't got to read the rest of the story you already know Gideon did what God told him to do because if it's raining somewhere you can't stand in the rain and not get wet. So you can't put something down on the ground and it's raining and it not get wet. Like everything's gonna get wet if water's coming down. There's no way you can sit something there and the ground is wet, but the item's not wet. Or the item is wet, but the ground is not wet. How can that be? That's a miracle. He wanted to get that detailed and that specific like that because he knew that if that was to happen, he knew that it was God. So that's a miracle. I mean, I'm telling you, bad meaning good. God is a is a is a bad man. You know what I mean? And who else can do that? Nobody. Now the thing you may have caught and the one thing you may find yourself tempted to do when listening to the story is you may decide, you know what? I think I want to do what Gideon did because I got some things in my heart. I really don't know if it's God or not. So I think I'm going to put out a fleece as well. I got some news for you. That fleece going to come back negative and the devil might show up. So I don't don't think you want to do that simply being because the Bible says that Satan is the God of this world, right? So Gideon, you have to take into consideration Gideon didn't have the word of God like we have. That's number one. Number two, Gideon didn't have the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit. When we speak the day we made Jesus Christ the Lord of our life, then the Holy Spirit came to abide on the inside of us. So we don't need to fleece. By us asking God, like, all right, Lord, if this is really you, then what I want you to do is I want you to cause three men to walk by me with army fatigue shirts on. Now, let me tell you something. You putting out stuff like that is fleshy. It's not spiritual. And it's not something that God is going to answer because that's dealing with natural. God deals with faith. It wouldn't take no faith to do that because you would see, okay, no. Remember the, well, you probably don't remember, but Jesus said the wicked look for a sign. There ain't no sign. And if you got a sign, you still probably wouldn't believe it. 
So God is not in the business of doing signs like that. Meaning he'll show you sign for you to obey. It don't work like that. Not naturally. He's not finna just, all right, Lord, knock the cup on the floor. That's demonic. Now, if you want some demons to invade your crib, then by all means, that's on you. <laughs> but God ain't knocking cups on the floor. So, you know what I mean? We're we not in that business. Satan will always show what a counterfeit. Satan deals with this natural realm. Like, he deals with the senses. That's, that's what he does. That's why God says that it's only by faith that you can please him. Let's go to the scripture real quick. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 20. Look at verse 27. It says, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. The Amplified translation says, the spirit or con the spirit conscience of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching and examining all the inward parts of his being. So the spirit of God is abiding on the inside of us it says the spirit of man remember we are a spirit we have a soul we live inside of a physical body the spirit of man is the candle think of a candle i want you to i want you to imagine a candle right now in your head a candlestick what do you do with a candle you light it right you light a candle so the candle can give light the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly or your spirit. Not talking about your physical belly. God is going to light our candle with his word. The word of God says that our God is a consuming fire. So the spirit of God, he's going to lead and guide us by our spirit, not by a fleece. You see what I'm saying? You see, our directors are different. Gideon didn't have none of the things that we had. So we have to understand the dispensation in which we live. So when you are reading Old Testament stories, you got to understand that's a devil's a different era. And the era that we live in is New Testament, meaning that we are under grace. A lot of us can even have handled if we lived in the Old Testament. That's why the Lord says that I'm giving you a better covenant established upon better promises. Jesus paid the penalty for us. Jesus made that covenant for us. We have a covenant with the Lord based off of what Jesus has done. All right. So our covenant. Covenant means that what what God has belongs to you and what we have belonged to him. We're in partnership. We're in fellowship with the Lord. He is our father. We are his child or his children. We are in fellowship. So whenever God has need of something in our lives, he has the right to use it. Whenever we have a need, God owns it all. That's why he says he's going to supply all of our need according to his riches and glory. We don't have to beg for it. We just have to ask for it. And the Bible says he you know what we need it before we ask him, but he wants us to ask. Just like any parent, you don't want your child making sounds and just seeing them have No, what do you want? I want the cookie. Okay, well go get the cookie. You see what I'm saying? Like I don't buy food for my family and then tell everyone in the house, okay, you can't have this food even though I got it for you. No, I got us the food to eat so if you want the food now if you're of a certain age you can't just go in there and grab it but if you ask me it's still yours it's all yours you just need to ask before you can get it you see what i'm saying but it's all yours there's nothing that i have that's just mine 
The children are entitled to a wife or is entitled to a work. It's a covenant. It's a relationship. It's fellowship. You get what I'm saying? So I'm just saying on that to say we don't have to fleece. So if God is directing you to do something or he's directing you to stop doing something, you're going to know it's the Lord. You ain't, you ain't got to do that. Now, the Bible does say he'll confirm his word with signs following. Right. So miracles, all those different things from a standpoint of, you know, once you go out, you know, preach the word of God, you know, God can perform miracles. He can heal bodies. He can so forth and so on. Men, broken hearts. He can do a lot of things inwardly and externally. So he said he'll confirm his word with signs following. It's a difference. You're wanting the sign before you obey. He's saying that when you obey, the signs will follow. It's not the opposite. We're not supposed to. Well, if you want me to, you going this is what you gonna have to do. All right. You gonna play yourself. <laughs> so what I recommend is just do what you're supposed to do. And I'm talking to myself too. Like we need to just do what we're supposed to do. The word is outlined, it's mapped out. Let's go to another scripture now that we're talking. Let's go to um Second Timothy. Chapter three, look at verse 16. It says all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. The King James Version says, which we all may be familiar with a little bit more, it says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God or woman of God may be perfect, meaning mature, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So this is what the word of God outlines for us. It's going to correct us. It's going to instruct us. It's going to expose whatever needs to be exposed in our heart. But it's going to bring us to a should bring us to a point of maturity. Gideon didn't have that. So he fleeced. If we didn't have the word of God, we could probably fleece. But we have the word of God. So again, don't fleece and you may have done that before but i'm telling you don't do it demons is waiting on us to do something dumb macchiatos macchiatos music macchiatos and the script you 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 and the script when the world looks at me i wonder what they see Close. I can't dress up my soul to 
Conclude side A. Please flip to side B. <laughs> like that all natural stuff. Like he just waiting on it. Okay, cool. I knocked a couple on the floor. You know, people are really into all that paranormal activity. It's just all demonic. I don't play with demons. I cast them out. You see what I'm saying? Like that should be our mentality. Like, no, nah, I don't. I don't play with demons. I'm not scared of demons. I don't play with demons. But I have authority over demons in the name of Jesus. So that ought to be our mentality. So I'm not, I don't even know how I got on all this, but I'm going a whole nother route. But you, you feel what I'm saying though. Like, nah, I don't, I'm cool. I'm straight. So if you've been saying all that, uh, if you've done that before, as far as fleecing and asking God to let three dogs bark within the next 10 minutes, like, nah, that's fleecing. And there's something that we shouldn't do because once again, it will open us up to something that's not of God. All right, let's go to the book of Jonah. When was the last time you went to the book of Jonah? Chapter one. Some of y'all may be familiar with the uh, story of Jonah, but if not, we're going to read it a little bit. And uh, this should speak to all of us because this is this is interesting. You know, the Bible says that the Old Testament was written for our learning. So there are a lot of things that we're supposed to learn from this here OT, Old Testament. We're, this is some things that we need to learn. So let's start at verse one, Jonah, chapter one, verse one. And in my heading, it says Jonah runs from the Lord. Verse one, it says the Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up and go to the great city of Nivea 
That's the same game. I don't think it's. <laughs> well, we gonna stick with Nivea because I can't pronounce it. Yeah, that might be it. Mm. Nivea. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. Verse three. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa, where he found the ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket and went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. So he thought that he's going to get away from the Lord by getting on the boat. Verse four, but the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors, so he's now putting other people in harm's way. So it says the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep down in the hold. Jonah was sleeping good. So the captain went down after him. How can you sleep at a time like this? He shouted. Get up and pray. For, get up and pray to your God. Maybe he will pay attention to us and spare our lives. So obviously whatever God they were serving. I don't know. Maybe that God was asleep or something. <laughs> this is all just showing us like. This is what happens today. You have different religions and different beliefs. And when things go down, people pray to their God and they were praying to their God and nothing happened. So they said, well, get a hold of your God. See if he can make something happen. Verse seven, it says, then the crew cast lots to see which of them had offended the gods. They did this. The lots identified Jonah as the culprit. Why has this awful storm come down on us? They demanded. Who are you? What is your line of work? What country are you from? What is your nationality? Jonah answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the land. Glory to God. Verse 10, the sailors were terrified when they heard this, for he had already told them he was running away from the Lord. Oh, why did you do it? They groaned. And since the storm was getting worse all the time, they asked him, what should we do to you to stop this storm? Throw me into the sea, Jonah said. Now that's interesting because if I was Jonah, I don't know if that would be my first thought. Like, I don't think Jonah didn't pray. Jonah just already, he got up knowing what this was. He said, okay, this this is the Lord. I don't even need to pray about this. So it's like, as if he already knew. He said, well, go ahead and just throw me in the sea. Throw me in the water. <laughs> so he says, throw me in the sea, Jonah said. And it will become calm again. I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. Instead, the sailors rowed even harder to get the ship to the land, but the stormy sea was too violent for them. They couldn't make it. Then they cried out to the Lord, Jonah's God. Look at that, Jonah being a witness and not even knowing it. They turned away from their gods, not even went to the real God. Oh Lord, you have sent this storm upon him for your own good reason. Then the sailors picked Jonah up and threw him into the raging sea, and the storm stopped at once. 
the sailors were all struck by the Lord's great power and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. Mm, that's some, I mean, other than Jonah getting thrown into the sea, you got to think of these people who wasn't serving the Lord. And it took the power of God, just it's something as simple as the winds raging and then throwing Jonah into the sea and the sea stopped, the storm stopped. That was a miracle in itself. And they, that, that's not the miracle I'm even getting to, but that in itself was a miracle. And they vowed to serve him. Verse 17, now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah. The Lord, here we go with the Lord talking to the, the species again and the animals. The Lord had conversations now with the, a whale to swallow Jonah when, he threw, when they threw him in the water. And Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from inside the fish. He said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead, and the Lord, you heard me. You threw me into the ocean depths, and I sank down to the heart of, of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me. I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. Then I said, O oh Lord, you have driven me from your presence, yet I will look once more towards your holy temple. You scroll on down to verse 10, it says, Then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out on the beach. So I want you to imagine again, you're on a cruise ship. All right. And as you're on this cruise ship, you see a whale. Maybe you, you know, maybe have a, a stop at Mexico or you may have a stop at the Bahamas somewhere. And, you know, you want to do some excursions and you're like, all right. So, y'all, we're going we gonna to swim with the dolphins or we're going to do whatever. Or we're going to go. We want to do scuba diving. So you scuba dive and you see this whale. Now, well, I don't know if you've seen a whale. But a whale is big. I want you to Google whale when you get a chance. When's the last time you Googled a whale? <laughs> so I want you to Google a whale, like a full grown whale. Don't Google no baby whale. And look at how big a whale is. God ordered a whale to swallow a human being without killing him. Just swallow him. And he spent three days and three nights in the belly of the whale. In a whale. Praying in a whale. So this is like... It just, what this shows me is that there is nothing the Lord can't do. The Lord can use any means that he wants to. Now, in this case, really in both cases that we read in these two, you know, about Jonah and Gideon, they were both like, well, Gideon was needing proof of what God told him. So he fleeced God. And then Jonah, who know, who got clear instructions from God, he decided that... I don't want to do it, so I'm gone. Now, I know you may be thinking, well, I thought we had free will. If Jonah didn't want to do it, how come God just didn't get someone else? I don't know. You guys got that when you get there. <laughs> but obviously, God had a call on Jonah's life. Now, this is what us. Now, I can, you know, attest to this because I didn't get swallowed up in a whale, but... I believe that when God has called you to something, all right, he's called you to it. He didn't call the person next to you to it. He's not going to give up on you just because you in the moment. You're like, nah, I don't know if I can really do it. Or you may be doubting yourself or you may be just doing stuff intentionally. 
that's outside of the realm of what you're supposed to be doing. But God can just cause things to come full circle. Now, it doesn't have to be as extreme as we're reading about him causing the winds to rage and all those different things. But like any parent, God has a way of getting us on track. Now, once those ways he works, he's worked whatever he wants to work to try to get us back on track. And once again, those things does not include a sickness or disease or any type of ailment. Or you getting kicked out of your house or your car being repossessed. No, no, no. That's just our bad decision making, our bad habits. He just allowed those things to transpire. But I'm talking about you doing things that you know you technically don't supposed to be doing. And it may necessarily it may not necessarily be a bad thing of what you're doing. But yet on the inside, you have no fulfillment whatsoever. You have you have zero interest. You're talented at what you're doing, but it's like you're going in there doing it. But when you leave, you feel so empty. You almost feel worthless. Like, why am I here? Why am I getting up doing this every day? Yeah, it's because it's probably not where you're supposed to be. Now, guarantee that if you will ever submit and get into what he's calling you to do or whatever he's leading you to do, and he called all of us to do many things. So when you hear the word call, please don't just think I'm talking about preaching because that's not what I'm referring to. We're all a call to different things. So I'm not referring to standing in the pulpit preaching. When I say called, we are all called to do something. Some of, it's not some of us that are called, we are all called. So when God calls you to do something, we ought to be trust him enough to be willing to do it. One thing I've learned is that once I submitted to what God wanted me to do, I came to him before I came to him, I didn't have a desire. Once I left his presence after submitting to him, the desire was in my heart. So God will give you the desire to do what he wants you to do. But you running away. It's not going to it's not going to make the call just fall off of your life. You'll go to the grave with that call. Now, if you you know what I'm saying, pass on in the old age and you didn't fulfill what God's called you to do, you know, the entire duration that you were in this earth, then sure, you may go to heaven because you made Jesus Lord of your life. But you more than likely won't have any rewards for you. You just be in. And just thank God you made it in. But rewards and all that, crowns, nah, probably not. Because you didn't fulfill the will of God for your life. You fulfill your will for your life. So that should be our goal is to want to fulfill the Lord's will for our lives. Whatever that will may be, that should be our goal. That should be our mindset. Because running, it ain't going to call, ain't going to fall off. It's still going to be there. Oh, that's what I was trying to say. Well, if you pass on, you know, without you fulfilling the call or accepting the call, then, yeah, he will give it to another because his work is going to get done in this earth with or without us, with or without us. Meaning that if he go to the first 12 people with the same thing, he's been trying to get somebody to do since 1962 and we in 2019 and he's talking to some of us and we don't want to obey, he'll get somebody else. And there will be someone that will obey. So I would encourage you 
you don't want to see someone walking and fulfilling something that you were supposed to walk and fulfill. So, no running. We are growing up, and whatever God tells us to do, you know, as we are going to different seasons in our lives, whatever God is instructing us to do in this season, we ought to be willing to do what he tells us to do because that's the only way we're going to experience fulfillment. So learn from Jonah. Don't run. <laughs> you don't run from God. Run to him. This podcast has been a blessing to you. Please share this with your family and with your friends. And also make sure, again, that you subscribe on whichever current podcast platform that you're listening on. Send your emails to mmsmedia314 at gmail.com. You can also follow me on social media at mbills314. Remember these words from the book of Romans, chapter 3, verse 4, latter verse. Let God be true and every man be a liar. Until next time, I'm out.